You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, this is Jim Simcoe. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, today, our topic is all about building great friendships and being able to give great advice. And the topic actually comes from a listener, Robin McGee. So this podcast is actually dedicated to you, Robin McGee. Thank you for writing in. Um, a question about this topic and wanted to hear more about it. And I encourage anyone else who's listening, if you ever have anything you want me to talk about, uh, by all means, email me at jim at epicallday.com and I will talk about it on the air. As long as it's something that makes sense for everyone else, I will. I would be happy to talk about it. So I was really stoked to get Robbie's email and and so let's get going. So this is all about how to build great friendships and give great advice. So the very first thing to think about is that, you know, there are really four ways to tell if you have a great friendship and if you are in a situation where, you know, you, you've got a great friend. Because obviously we all have a lot of acquaintances and know a lot of people. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, Facebook friends, are just, they're just people you know. They're not necessarily your close friends. You know, some are friends, some, you know, most are not. Um, so there are four ways to tell if you have a true friendship. And the first thing is that you're both honest with one another. And you can be honest with that person and, and not be afraid of being honest with that person. Uh, that's the first way to tell if you're in a true friendship. The second way is that uh, you can tell is if you are both non-judgmental of the other person. So if you're not super judgy of each other and you know, no matter what happens, you're still there as friends, then that's one way to tell that you're in a um, uh, great friendship. Second or third way is that they, that person is a safe harbor in the storm. So you can go to that person with just about anything and they're always going to support you. They're always going to back you up um, no matter what the problem is, whatever, uh, whatever's going on. And then the fourth way really is, is that they're rooting for your success. So they're actually genuinely happy when you have something that happens to you. And this one is an interesting one for me. I've seen a lot of people you know, in my life when I've had successes who were gener- you know, really happy for me and really stoked about something that was going on in my life. But then I also had other friends who I thought I was really close to who, you know, when I would share successes or they knew about some award or some bonus I'd gotten or whatever. And, you know, they really weren't that thrilled. And I found out, you know, they really weren't that good of a friend to me. And I realized after a short time that like, wow, this is, this person's really not that interested in my long-term success. So, and I'll give you an example of the exact opposite of that. I have a very good friend in, in New York who is a um, uh, who's in the tele- uh, telecommunications business? Who is one of my college roommates? His name is John. I won't say his last name. Some of you may know who he is. Um, he back when he was in telecom, we both were in telecom in the early '90s. He used to make a ton of money, and and when he made money, he would call me and he would you know tell me about his bonus or he'd tell me about some you know trip or award he had, and I was genuinely happy for him. Like I was really stoked for him. I was like, all right, this is awesome. Like you know, one of my buddies is making great money. That's just a great thing in the world. And I was really, really happy for John. And when I got into back then, it's like a thousand years ago, when I got into the telecom industry as well, um, and I started making great money and started winning awards and that sort of thing. And I would tell John about it. I could tell he was genuinely happy about my success. Like he really was like stoked about it and was like, wow, man, that's awesome. And that is just a good friendship right there. Um, you know, and, and, and John, uh, who ended up uh, uh, going through some challenging times and ended up going into um, 
uh, AA and, and coming out of AA and, and he's, you know, he's stronger and better than he ever, than he's ever been coming out of AA. When he came out of AA, I was, you know, I was, or, uh, when he came out of, uh, his challenging times, uh, I'm trying to edit this as much as possible. If you can't tell, that's why I'm going, uh, 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 um, but when John came out and kind of came out of the, the dark tunnel that he was in, you know, I was really, really stoked and really, really, really happy for him. And I know that he feels the same way about anything I've ever gone through. And you can tell that that's a true friendship. And I never talked to the guy. Like we never, neither one of us are people who are going to sit on the phone and talk to each other. Uh, but, uh, you know, if he called me up right now and was like, hey, I'm stuck in a Mexican jail and I need 10 grand and I need you to fly me down here and help me bury a body. I mean, I would get on the next plane. Without a doubt. So anyway, those are some of the ways to tell about whether or not you have a true friendship or not. And, and, and really, when you think about people in your life who would be more like your fake friends or your acquaintances, you know, at the end of the day, they, have, they, don't, they only have their best interests in heart, right? They don't have your best interests in heart. Um, sometimes you'll see that it comes out and that they're jealous of your success or that they'd like to see you fail or that they you know, get a sort of a, a hidden pleasure when you're going through rough times. A lot of that has to do with, you know, the fact that misery loves company. I'm sure you've heard that before. So when you're not doing well, it gives them um, the okay that, you know, if they're not doing well, then that, that makes it okay. So those are more your fake friends and your acquaintances. So it's really important to be able to judge and tell the difference between, between the two. Um, and I'm a big proponent. Like I know a lot of people um, from all the different, stuff I do in my, you know, my career and everything else. Um, and I got to say, like, I've got three or four really, really, really strong, good friends. And then I have a bunch of people that I know. Um, so I don't think it's a matter. I don't think you need to be best friends with 30 people. I think if you have, you know, if you're best friends more than three or four people, then, you know, then, then it drops off significantly after that. So, so anyways, that's a big difference. How to tell the difference between a true friend and someone who's just an acquaintance. And now here's the thing. So how do you build a great friendship? So a great friendship is really in a lot of ways built organically, right? And it's built organically through shared experiences and bonding things that you go through. And, um, I can tell you that, uh, one of my best friends in the world, Jim Egan, who I've talked about before, um, we became really great friends because when we were in college, we, one night decided to start a band and the name of our band was Bafa Bafa. Now I don't know how to play any musical instruments and Jim only knew how to play drums. So it was quite an interesting band because we weren't very good. Although the crowd loved us because they liked the fact that, you know, we would kind of take our shirts off, dive into the crowd, hang from, hang from the ceiling and play chili pepper songs. So, uh, you know, (laughs) we had a lot of, we had a lot of, uh, crowd enthusiasm, even if we were not great musicians, but going through those experiences together were really bonding experiences because neither one of us were super, um, comfortable playing music and neither one, you know, we were both probably scared of it and we both were, uh, but we both did it together and we've had other experiences and, you know, we've gone to Hawaii together. Um, I've helped him with his marriage. He's helped me with my marriage and you know, we've just been, you know, we've gone through a lot of different things together over the, over the times. So bonding and sharing experience is really one of the biggest ways to build a great friendship. And then another way to build a great friendship that you can do, you know, that doesn't have to happen over 20 years or so is if you just do 
um, if you have shared successes, so if you've had shared experiences, shared successes, and I can tell you as an example, and I've talked about this before, but I play in a flag football or I play in a football league and I play with, um, I play on a team called the Bearcats. So I've been playing on a team called Bearcats for the last several years. And a couple of years ago, we won the Super Bowl in our league. And it may not seem like a big deal to anybody else, but you'd be amazed how, um, you know, uh, you know, you get a group of 40, 50 adult, uh, adult men together uh, competing to play football and it becomes kind of a serious thing. But anyway, so we, we really didn't have a good chance in the Super Bowl that we were playing again. And, and, um, and I've talked about this in the previous podcast, you know, we were not expected to win. Uh, we actually had a guy on the other team talking smack to us when we were walking on the field, but we actually ended up winning. We all pulled together as a team. Um, so the guys on that team, are, are, I, will, I will always be great friends with the guys on that team because we went through this experience together that even though it was just like a football game, uh, it was a really big deal for all of us. And it, it you know, that's shared successes. Like I'll always look at, you know, my buddy Jeff and my buddy Mike and my buddy Clay, my buddy John, uh, you know, the guys from the football team. I always look at them differently and I always cherish those memories and I always think of those guys as great friends because of what we were able to accomplish together. So sharing successes is another way to build a great friendship. One of the other ways, um, uh, so, you know, so if that's the way that friendships grow, if they grow organically over experiences, either through bonding or shared successes, there are other ways to build a great friendship. And one of them is to be loyal, right? So loyalty, you know, look, I'm Italian, so loyalty is a big deal to me anyway, no matter what it is. But loyalty in a friendship is so crucial. Like You have to be loyal to the other person. And if someone's not being loyal to you, I would tell you that's the probably the very first thing that would tell you that you know that person's not a true friend to you. So they, you, you got to be loyal to the other person. The second thing is you can't judge them. Okay, so we talked about that before, but like you cannot judge somebody. If they're really your true friend and you really respect their values and love them as a person, then you're not going to judge them. Okay. Uh, another way to build a great friendship is to give great advice, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. And, and, and you got to recognize that in every friendship, there's going to be a fork in the road and you're either going to grow tighter or it's all going to fall apart. I don't care what friendship you have. I don't care if you are 19 I don't care if you're 70, every friendship you have, you get to a fork in the road and you either grow tighter or it just falls apart. And I'll give you two examples. When I was in college, I'm talking about that band we were in, Jim and I were in this band and we had another guy in the band who was kind of more of a serious musician. His name was Jimmy. And he, at what point in time, got the other members of the band together and he wanted to kick me out of the band because I was like, I was a singer but I really didn't have any musical ability. My, my ability was really to get the crowd going and to really have a good time on stage, which the, the crowd appreciated. But he, you know, he didn't like it because I just wasn't a very good singer. I wasn't very melodic, uh, which is which I'm trying to say this with a straight face because I am arguably the worst. Say, I, I don't know what I'm worse at. I, I could be worse at singing or dancing. I, I don't know if like if there's like a uh, like if awful and worst. You know, which, which of the two would be the most awfully worse out of those two of my abilities. But anyway, so at that point in time, Jim was kind of trying to, uh, Jimmy was trying to start this, um, coup within our band to kick me out of it, which, and if you're confused, there was a Jimmy in our band, 
a Jim Simcoe in our band and a Jim Egan in our band. So there are three Jims and uh, and somebody and a guy named Ed. Um, but anyway, so the point of the, the point of this, that story was is like at that point in time, my friendship with Jim Egan faced a fork in the road because it would have been it would have been extremely e- easy for Egan to say, well, yeah, we'll just cut, you know, we'll kick Simcoe out of the band and we'll just keep going because we were getting pretty popular. And Jim said, no, Jim's, Jim Egan said, no, we're not doing that. You know, Jim and I started this band, screw you, you leave the band. And he ended up leaving the band and we got another guy, uh, Joe Paradise, Pizza Slice Paradise. And, and, you know, we just kind of kept rocking. So that was one of the, one of those forks in the road between my friendship with Jim and I will always respect him for that. And, and, and I saw, you know, some of those traits of great friendship in there and that in the sense that he was extremely loyal to me, he was not judging me as a person or judging my abilities. And he, you know, we both recognized that that was a fork in the road and he chose to stick with me rather than go with this, you know, with this Jimmy guy. So anyway, so that is, you know, that's a great example. I think of recognizing when the fork in the road occurs. And I'll, I'll give you another example of, uh, I had another friend who used to come, who, who came to visit me or came to Los Angeles when I was living in Los Angeles. Um, someone else I'd gone to college with, and I won't say his name. Um, but he came to visit and we were supposed to get together that weekend. And he ended up staying with some girl the whole weekend. And I probably called the guy like 500 times because, you know, during college, he was one of my best friends and he just never called me back. And so then I finally got him on the phone, like on that Sunday. And I'm like, you know, dude, like, what the hell, man? You're supposed to come down here. You're supposed to hang out. I haven't seen you in a year. Like, what's up? And we kind of got in this argument on the phone and he ended up hanging up on me. And I'll never forget that. Like the guy, you know, this is like, you know, we're 25 years old or whatever it is. And he hung up on me. And, and, and quite honestly, like that was a fork in our, in our friendship. And although I'm still friends with the guy, like I'll never be as close to him as I was before that happened. Because to me, that was just like, you know, just like it just, we got to that fork in the road and he kind of made a decision. We both kind of made a decision like, you know, this friendship isn't, you know, what we both thought it was. So let's just move on, which is, which is also totally fine. So very interesting just to recognize when the fork in the road occurs and what to do about it. So another way to build a great friendship for your friends is you got to be there and you got to show up in, in, in tough times. So, um, and, and being there for someone else is so important for your own success because it makes you a better person because, you know, you give a favor and sometimes, you know, a person will feel indebted to you and they'll help you out when they need to. Uh, and it allows you to build friendships in really unlikely ways. And I had, <coughs> excuse me, an ex boss of mine, Mary Delaney, who I love dearly out of Chicago, um, once told me, that she's a great friend when the chips are down and she's a horrible friend when times are good. And I always thought that was really funny. Like, and so her thing was like, look, I'm never going to remember your birthday. I'm not going to send you cards. I'm going to go months and months without calling you. Um, but if you ever need something, I'll be there for you. And I've always thought about that. You know, she told me that in 2000 and I've always thought about that. I always thought that was so cool. Like, you know, that's actually a really good point. Like, you know, I'm there for you when the chips are down, but when, you know, when times are tough, but you know, you may not get the Christmas card from me. And I thought that was awesome. I always thought that that was just a, such a cool way to look at a friendship. So Mary, uh, I think you're awesome. You were a great boss and that was probably the best thing you've ever said to me. So I thought that was awesome. So anyway, and, and again, like I was talking about before, you can build friendships in really unlikely ways. You know, you, when you're, when you're there and you show up in in tough times, I'll give you another example of one that I always find is kind of funny and it's, 
it was an example of a tough time that really wasn't a tough time. I used to be a really big April Fool's guy and really into, you know, doing April Fool's jokes. And I don't, I don't know why. Probably it's the, the eight-year-old inside of me that's always dying to come out. But anyway, when I lived in Los Angeles, I had a very good friend. His name was Dennis. And um, on April Fool's, I called him up one time. And for some reason, I was like, hey, man, I'm in jail. I'm in downtown L.A. It's a really long story, but I got in this huge fight, which is really funny because anyone who knows me, I've never been in a fight in my life. I've been in one fight in my life, and it was during a lacrosse game in college. Um, but so I called Dennis, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm in jail. You know, I got in a fight. I'm in a lot of trouble. And this is in 1994. And I was like, I'm in a lot of trouble. You know, is there any way you can come down here? Uh, but I need $5,000. I need you to be able to bail me out. They're not going to let me go without $5,000. And I can't tell you what's going on. And Dennis at the time was like, I would say he was a decent friend of mine. I mean, I knew him through some other people. Um, and, and it was crazy. Like on the phone, he was like, you got it, man. I'll be down there in an hour. He's like, uh, let me just run to the bank. You know, I got to go to the bank first to get the money. And I'll be down there in an hour. And I was like, holy moly, man, this is freaking crazy. Like, I can't believe these guys were willing to do that. And then I finally told him like, it was April fool's day and we had a great laugh over it. But I, I always thought that was fantastic. Like this guy was ready to go to bat for me, even though, you know, it ended up, I ended up not needing it, but I ended up becoming really good friends with, with Dennis, um, largely based on that experience. And you know, like largely, cause I was like, wow, man, this guy's like totally in my corner, totally loyal, not judging me, not doing any of that. And he's totally willing to help me out. And I thought like, I just kind of knew him. So like, sometimes that stuff comes up and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a bonus. So I always thought that one was cool. So anyway, um, so that, that's how you can tell like a good friendship. And that's one of the ways, some of the ways to build uh, a good friendship. And, and one of the biggest ways to build a good friendship and, and a great friendship is to really be able to give great advice because we all need advice. And, you know, this is something that Robbie had, had mentioned in his email to me. And so I want to give you some tips on giving great advice to somebody, um, you know, just based on the advice that I've given out in the, in the past, kind of what I've seen has been good advice. and What I've seen has been not good advice. And so the very first thing is, is you have to be able to listen to the other person. Okay. You have to be slow to speak, which is incredibly tough for me. Anybody who knows me knows that, uh, getting me to shut up for more than five minutes is just, is just somewhat challenging. But anyway, so be slow to speak, make sure you're really clear about what they're saying and what they're asking for. So you want to confirm what they're asking you and really <clears throat> try and figure out what type of advice or support that they need. So are they just, do they just need to vent? Um, do they have a problem that they have that they can't seem to solve that they want you to solve for them? Uh, do they want to confirm that the solution that they think is the right choice is actually the right choice? So do they, are they thinking, Hey, you know, I need you to help me figure out like if this is the right thing to do. Or are they having a hard time just trying to figure out what the actual problem is? And I've had this happen in a variety of different circumstances. I had another good friend who was having a really tough um, business deal. I had a business deal that fell through. And so we went out to a local bar and we, you know, we were just sitting there having a beer and talking about it. And I could tell, like, he just wanted to vent. Like, he used not, he did not need me to solve any of his problems. Um, he just needed to vent. I've had other circumstances where someone came to me uh, about some marital challenges they were going through. And, and, you know, her problem was that, you know, she, 
she just didn't know what the problem was. Like she knew that they had a bad situation, but she, she needed help figuring out what the actual problem was. And once I was able to help her figure out what the problem was, um, you know, the solution became a lot easier, uh, a lot easier for her. So really listening and figuring out the actual type of advice and support they need is really crucial. Second thing is to really not judge. We've talked about this before, but when you judge somebody, right? By judgment, you know, what you're doing is you're pointing out mistakes and bad choices that they already, you know, that, that somebody made. And, And here's the thing. They already know this already, because if they weren't mistakes then they wouldn't be coming to you advice, they wouldn't need your advice. So when you're like, start judging someone like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. And why'd you do this? You know, like, you just kind of beat them down when they're already beat down. So don't judge your friends. It's just not worth it. Maybe because nobody wants to be judged. None of us are perfect people. So don't judge your friends. Okay. The third thing is to support them without taking sides. Okay. So let's say someone's going through, this happened to me uh, a few years ago. I had a very good friend going through a major relationship problem with his, with his wife. And when he was on the phone, you know, we we're talking <clears throat> and he was, you know, telling me all the bad stuff she was doing. Da, 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 da. And, and, you know, he, he was like, you know, she's such a B I T C H, which, you know, like at that point in time, it would have been extremely easy for me to be like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like she's the wrong girl for you, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, one of the reasons I didn't do that, and I think it's important that you don't do that, is like you can't take sides because if I had said, "Yeah, you know what, she is a, you know, she is a bitch," well, what happens if he, what happens if he works it out with her, and then like, you know, like I see him the next time, and he's like, he's always gonna have it in head that like I called his wife, you know, I called his wife a bitch, like that. That's the worst thing in the world. Like I would never do that. So never, you know, try to support without taking sides because it just will come back to, it can come back to bite you in the ass big time. So don't, you know, you want to support them, but don't call their partner a name or if they're having a problem with their boss or their coworker, don't automatically assume that that other person is wrong. Support your buddy, support your friend, but do it in a way where you're not taking sides and help them through the problem. The other, the fourth thing is to really make sure that you're giving actionable advice. So if someone has a problem and they need help or they need they need some advice. <clears throat> we'll give them actionable, actionable advice. So like, you know, you want to be saying things like, like, well, look, what I would do is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or if this were me, I would blah, 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 blah. You know, the first thing to do is blah, 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 blah. So give them steps, give them actions that they can, that they can do right from there. And sometimes the action is to do not actions. I've had plenty of times I've given people advice and I'm like, look, the very first thing you should do is you need to spend two days and not worry about this and not do a damn thing. Do not call a divorce lawyer. Do not, you know, blow up at your boss. Do not send the email that you're thinking of sending. Don't do anything. For two days, promise me you will not do anything. <clears throat> I've had other people where, you know, the actual advice is like, okay, you're going through all these problems right now. You need to get yourself to an AA meeting immediately. That's the very first thing you should do. Like that is... You know, so you want to make your, your advice actionable and concrete. And the, and the next thing you need to do is really to provide context and perspective, right? So when it's your problem, if it's a big deal, you have very little context about what's going on, right? Like it, cause you're too close to the situation now, or it hurts too much, or, you know, you like, you think the world is ending over this problem. Um, I can tell you 
when I was in high school, I was dating this girl, Trisha Bigler, and, you know, she ended up breaking up with me to go out with some hockey player. And it, it literally broke my heart in high school. Like it was like the worst thing ever. I thought the world was ending. It was just brutal. And the challenge about it was, was that, you know, I just had no context for it. You know, like I, I was way too close to the situation. It hurt way too much. It would have been very easy to give me advice because like, you know, like talking to someone who is in high school about a high school breakup. I mean, we've all had that. We've all had people who have broken up with them in high school and it's just, man, it's just freaking brutal. And you've got no context. You've got no perspective. So when you're given advice, you really need to be able to provide context. You need to be able to provide perspective. And this is, this is, uh, you know, as an example, Robbie, uh, uh, brought this up, you know, like if you've got a friend who just got dumped by somebody, well, you know, you got to give them context. You got to give them some perspective around that. Like, like, well, look, do, do you have kids with that person? Do you, you know, do you have 10 years invested with that person? You know, you know, okay. You don't have kids. You don't have 10 years invested. Okay. Well, yeah, then it's going to hurt for a little bit of time, but guess what? You're probably going to get over it. You're probably going to meet somebody better. And if it's, you know, you'll probably learn something from this that you'll take into your next relationship. And, you know, I firmly believe that every person that we've ever dated in our lives has taught us something, however small, that makes us a better person and makes us better in our current relationships. So, you know, providing context, providing perspective to people is really, really, really key when you're giving them advice. You need to say like, look, you know, you just got fired from your job. Like I get it and it sucks and I'm sure money's going to be rough and you're going to have to eat macaroni and cheese for a couple months while you look for a new job. But, you know, you're not dying. You know, your things are going to be okay long term. And if someone's going through something really, really rough and let's say that they actually are dying or they're really having a bad time, you know, that's going to be harder to provide context and perspective, but you should be able to do it. You just need to think about other things. What are the other, um, other ways that you can provide context and perspective to them? So those are some of the ways, you know, to give advice. The other, the other thing on giving advice is you really, you know, the, the, the one thing is to, you also really need to know when to get someone else's help. And you need to know, like, look, is this person in danger to them? Are they in danger to themselves or others? You know, and if they are, you got to call somebody and help them out. Now, I'll give you an example of this. Um, I had a very good friend who I used to play football with um, who was in the Marines, and he was a Marine Corps sniper, and he's been to Afghanistan like seven times, in Iraq like, you know, eight times or something. So he's seen a lot of stuff. He's gotten hit a bunch of times. And, and he came back one time, um, he had pretty, pretty serious, uh, PTSD and he was in a hotel room. Um, and he had, he thought people were coming for him. Right. And he thought that, you know, people were coming for him. So, uh, I immediately went up, met him up, you know, met him in the hotel lobby. Um, he had disappeared from his wife and his kids for a couple of days and, and he was just like holed up in this hotel. So I met him in the hotel, had lunch and talked to him for a while. And I could tell like he was really, really having a tough time. So I sat with him for a little bit and helped him out. And then also, uh, right after that, I called my mom who works with a lot of veterans and helps, has helped out other veterans in the past. And so I got her involved and helped him get, she helped him get, uh, honorably discharged, um, and helped him get some long-term care for his PTSD. So at, at, at what, at some point when I was giving him advice, you know, I really recognized that like, look, this guy needs more help than I can, I can provide, you know, like 
and, and he needs that help now. So I called someone else in. I called my mom in, you know, who's a social worker and has worked with veterans, like I said, and she was able to help him out. So really knowing when someone else needs someone else's help is, is really key. Knowing when they're in danger themselves or they could be in danger is, is really key. But, you know, in, in the other sense, you know, that, that's usually probably not going to happen to you that often. It's, it's more important than when you're given advice is that you listen, you don't judge, you support them without taking sides, and you give them actionable advice, um, and you provide them context and you provide, provide them perspective. And if you're able to do that, then you're really going to be able to give somebody good advice, no matter what the situation is, whether it's a career thing, uh, a relationship thing, a family thing, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Rob, I hope you liked it, bud. Uh, this has been all about building better friendships. I'll talk more about this in the future. Friendships are really the fun part of our life, right? Like they really are uh, some of the things that are bring the most fun to our lives. And I think about my friendships and I think about like going surfing with my friends or playing basketball with my friends or hanging out and listening to music or watching football with my friends. And it's just like, you know, like having a couple of really, really, really good friends is just makes life that much better. Like you can get through life without a few good friends, but you know, like I, I just think it's so awesome when you've got a couple of good friends. So I hope you've got a couple of good friends in your life and I hope that, you know, like, um, yeah, you know, and if you don't, I hope that you're able to build those friendships and I hope this podcast really helped you guys. Okay. Thank you so much for checking it out. Um, you can also check us out at, uh, online at iTunes. Please leave a review if you do, if you like it. And otherwise I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M-S-I-M as in Mary, C-O-E.com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.